0: One big thing, which I think has actually been mentioned on this podcast before, is Celebrity Apprentice, Mm -hmm. is Donald Trump, Mm -hmm. his show had been shelved. And then they ran out of things to do, so they pulled it off the shelf, like, we'll put it on there, and it gained popularity, and now he's
1: our president. Nests were knocked out of trees, eggs were smashed, chicks were killed. In Shanghai, one newspaper estimated that at least, that almost uh, 200,000 birds were killed in a single day. Locust swarms had been devouring crops without anything to curb their population. The government actually had to fly in sparrows from, like, the Soviet Union. <laughs> wow. Let's go, on. Are, you are you ready for this? No! 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 Fuck no! No! God damn it! No! Shit. God damn it! I do not need this. I- Failure. Oh my god. You okay? I'm good. How are All you? Right.
0: I'm good. I'm uh, a little hungover.
1: Oh, Will. I know. You already told me that. I know. Did you want to broadcast? I was telling that? everybody else that. Oh. Yeah. Guys, Will's hungover. He has yeah, I a drinking have... problem. That drinking problem is that he can't drink more than two drinks, or else he'll get hungover. That's true. I'm old now. Swish.
0: Nice. Good job. <laughs>
1: Welcome everyone. <You're> just half dabbed.
0: <laughs> uh, That's
1: not that dabbing; it's a swish. Yeah. Oh, that, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess that yeah, is that exactly. Is the it was a half
0: dab. Um, hey, start. everybody! Welcome to <laughs> Ready Set Fail. If you haven't turned us off yet. I appreciate it.
1: Ready Set Fail podcast about the greatest thing in the world. Failures. Uh, my name is Will Lentz. <laughs> <laughs> my name is Bo Rollins. Uh, thanks for listening thanks for dealing with our uh insufferable banter (laughs) (laughs) our great openings that are uh great
0: you think we would get it figured out by now uh what is this is this oh we should do this thing now this is now this is 29 oh damn yeah sorry uh shoot me if you we should be doing this every time we do it but if you'll go to itunes and rate and subscribe us that'd be dope
1: yeah that's right now we have five stars and i it's totally from strangers
0: <laughs> uh, yeah so
1: <laughs> what a great opening we started oh man oh, hey everyone let's not I'm so spend sorry any more time that. in let's this let's just move on uh so this is a podcast about failures we each do a failure um i have one will has one we're gonna start doing them now because uh, if you haven't hit skip like four times <laughs> as if we're some horrible commercial <laughs> Then thanks. Uh, I think I'm going to go first this time, right?
0: Yeah, you go first. Cool. So the one that I am doing is controversial to an extent as to whether, I think, personally, as to whether or not it really is a failure. There's goods and there's bads that came from it, and we'll discuss and we'll see. We won't come to a conclusion, but we'll let you do that. I think we'll come to a conclusion. Mine was a 2008 writer's strike. Boom, boom, boom. There you go. Um, So in case you didn't know, all of your favorite television shows have writers on them (laughs) and those writers write scripts and people go and then they like act them out. It's not just like, uh, uh, Steve Krell's super funny and he's like, I'm just going to make all this stuff up. Yeah. Yeah. Like they have scripts and stuff. Yeah. Um,
1: in fact, writers are the ones that control television versus directors who control movies. Directors really don't have that much power in television. That's true. Um, unless it's like game of Thrones or something, then you might have some power, but really the writers run the show. Yeah.
0: I mean, that's true. And Bo, you can speak to this probably more than I can. Well, not probably, but I know you can more than I can because you spend time around writers and you are a writer oh, and thanks. all of those things. So uh, feel free to chime in with any like businessy stuff yes, as we I go through it. So, um, so the 2008 writer strike came about because this was when the Internet became a thing mm-hmm. uh, for consumption of media. Um, so Netflix had actually already started before this like not sorry they started streaming oh okay. they started streaming in 2007 really wow yeah yeah I had to, I had to look this up because it wasn't a huge deal yet but it, they had they had launched their streaming platform in 2007 before the writer strike had happened but wow. that wasn't really a big central point of it mm-hmm. but it was just kind of showing this is the way that the direct the winds are, are, are turning right um there there's like if you go on youtube you can see a couple of clips of people like on the picket lines one of one of which is the office cast and they're talking about Mm -hmm. or the office writers and they're talking about how um they had been tasked to write webisodes and then they wrote these webisodes and their webisodes were so great that they won a daytime emmy but because there was no like there was nothing in place for how writers should get paid for online content. Right, they didn't get any money from the ad revenue that was coming from it. The like uh, producers wouldn't even pay for them to actually get the actual daytime Emmy trophy, which is like twenty eight dollars. Uh, like they wouldn't do. Did anything. the producers get the money? Uh, yeah. I mean, the, well, I don't know if it's the. I think the AMPTP did the. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, the producers and producers' union. Right, right. Um. So basically, there was no way for the writers to get compensated off these things that were you know becoming more and more well liked right but then also that's just the direction that tv is trending and you could tell that you know at the end of the day ad revenue from television at some point is going to like from the actual physical television is going to go down and people are going to be doing all stuff through streaming so they wanted to figure out a way to make money off of it right um so every three years in case people don't know every three years uh, they basically have a chance to renegotiate their contracts. Mm-hmm. Um, recently, just avoided another another writer strike. Yes, they did. Um, and it actually, I looked into the details of that, and it seems like they like did pretty well for themselves on the renegotiation. But yeah, also, I don't know the specifics. More debatable time. for that. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> um, but like it was like one of the interesting like anecdotes from this was involved Damon Lindelof, who was like the uh Got lost it. guy. Yes. Um, said that he was walking down like sunset boulevard or something and he saw an ad for like buy lost on apple and mm-hmm. he was uh, like you know he's like oh that's really cool like ah my f- people my mind's one of the first Could shows that they're gonna money. put on the apple right con- distribution that's neat and then like uh, like later that night he was like wait i'm not getting paid for that like right yeah all this stuff is like happening and i'm not gonna get cut of it and mm-hmm. i made that show Um, And so this was like kind of the mood around the writers.
1: That is so interesting. Like you would just automatically think that, oh, hey, something that I made is being sold somewhere. Right. I should get money for that.
0: Right. But because they had never really discussed this before, there was no. And one of the big things was like the AMPTP Mm -hmm. uh, was trying to be like, don't worry about it this year. We'll figure it out in three more years, which is really just their way of being like, let us set the precedent now like between now and then and then you'll have much lower like leverage uh, uh, when it comes time to to actually make these things so the writers go on strike they try to come up with a deal it doesn't happen writers go on strike the strike ends up lasting 100 days days. um (laughs) which is a very long time very long time without pay um they have three big issues
1: and to be clear when the writers go on strike everyone has everyone suffers from it oh yeah rectors suffer pas suffer Mm -hmm. everyone suffered for a hundred days that an industry basically wasn't working yeah yeah i mean exactly yeah it's like very shitty that it wasn't just like like crew yeah it wasn't just wealthy writers choosing not to write like everyone lost out on this yeah i mean
0: and and one of the things that like that you see a couple of times in here is like they would like the writers would go have a picket line to try and prevent like the teamsters from showing up like the 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 like uh union workers yes. for other things as mm-hmm. well. And most of the other unions were like, we support you. Yeah. We, we're a union too. We get it. Right. So so it was, but also 100 days is a long time. It's a really long time. Um, so there were three big issues that they struck over. Uh, obviously the new media thing that we talked about, um, DVD shares. They that were trying was... to increase their DVD shares from like three cents to six cents. Um, mm-hmm. And jurisdiction into animation and reality television, which is simply to say like, they wanted to be able to say like, writers... Or reality television, fall under the Writers Guild as well. Oh, okay. Like, those types of things. Gotcha. Um, the end result, just to get to that, before we go through the rest of the ramifications of it, DVD shares, and there were no change. No change. Uh, which, at the end of the day, it's like, who cares? DVDs are not really... Right, they're especially now. now. They're, yeah. Right, but still. Uh, jurisdiction, animation, reality television, no change. Like, they, they gave that up, too. Uh, new media, they did win some percentage points, which is, like, I think this is where it gets questionable as to whether or not they succeeded or or didn't. Right. Because they didn't get what they wanted. They didn't get enough. Mm-hmm. But they got something. And putting your foot in the door in that revenue stream early on right. is important. Absolutely. Because it gives you leverage down the line. But they got like, I think, 2% of ad-supported streams uh, of shows that have been like online for more than 17 days okay so like the initial ones they don't i don't think but then after that it's like if people are going back and watching
1: firefly and there's ads or whatever
0: then right they get some of that right right
1: um and to be clear i don't th- i think it's really uh, i feel like it's only either the writer of that episode would get because i don't think every writer on that show oh yeah i would believe get that. those residuals it would be like the eps the executive producers and then the person who wrote that specific episode. I, I think that is correct as well. Okay.
0: Um, and they also got, like, points. They, they argued for 0.7% of gross receipts of things that people had purchased. Okay. So, like, if you buy a show online. Right. Um,
1: and this was this was also, this was not a movie writers thing.
0: Correct. Yeah, this is just television writers. Actually, I think they did have, there were movies writers that were striking as well. Yes. Yeah, Yeah. That,
1: yeah they were striking, but, like, there, the, the negotiations were not about... Uh, movies okay that's fair i believe
0: yeah i think i think you're right because this was all talking about television right right. um but there were i did read some anecdotes of like people that movie writers that struck that had to like there he was like one of them he was talking about like they were trying to come up with an ending to the movie and he knew that like in the morning he would not be able to write anymore so he sent in 10 endings to to people he's like just pick one i don't care that's Um, crazy so like there's a bunch of interesting stories about people that like had to deal with that right 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 um Oh, which we'll nice. get into some of those uh so a couple of the ramifications of the 100 days without without writers um is that you know one of the big ones that everybody talks about is reality television exploded during this time right um there are theories that it would have happened anyways but there's also a lot of proof to be like yeah but whether or not it would have happened anyway, like it became the dominant thing because right. there was nothing else to watch exactly exactly um one big thing, which I think has actually been mentioned on this podcast before, is Celebrity Apprentice, mm-hmm. is Donald Trump,
1: mm-hmm. his
0: show had been shelved, and then they ran out of things to do, so they pulled it off the shelf, like, we'll put it on there, and it gained popularity, and now he's our president. So, thanks, writers. Thanks,
1: writers. For not Just writing. Just had to get that money. Fuck unions, is what I'm trying now to say. Now, it's Just all kidding. I love their unions. fault.
0: Um, that is interesting that, like, a union strike led to, like crippling of unions
1: probably wait a union strike led to crippling unions yeah wait what what do you mean well by like uh republicans taking power they're very anti-union oh oh so, i see yeah, yeah. a long-term effect long-term, okay right, 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 right. right. yeah we're saying the end result of this is that other unions died yeah no, 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 not quite <laughs> um
0: but like so yeah reality television exploded it's kind of died down at this point but like at right. the time it was like oh you have a camera put it in front of somebody it's exactly. on tv yeah exactly <laughs> um there was a lot there were a lot of shows that were negatively affected by this uh one of which i always think of as heroes Yeah, Um, like they had a really great first season and then the second season was affected by the writer's strike and they had a like it was
1: so did they have scab writers or something
0: there were some writers that that crossed the picket line uh, and scab writers did come in and like you can see a huge list on Wikipedia of all the shows that were affected by it and like how many shows were released after uh, like how many episodes were written after the strike had started okay and i think heroes had zero actually i think they managed to like be like all right well we got 11 episodes we're just gonna crunch all of our stuff into
1: one and right. turn it out for season two and it sucks right. nobody likes it yeah and it killed that show that show really sucked yeah i mean it sucked after the first like that season finale on the season one
0: i mean that's true but it was l- at least <laughs> they killed one was him and compelling. then nobody
1: saw him crawl into the <laughs> sewer drain like that's true
0: anyways. um uh, other things that were affected like the fam- one of the famous stories is the breaking bad thing mm-hmm. where it's like at the end of season 1 the original idea was to kill off Jesse uh, oh really but because of the writer strike they like had enough time to think about it and like were like oh well Actually I really like his chemistry with, with right. Walt, and oh, okay, yeah, you know, w- we'll keep him on.
1: Yeah, I thought it was largely uh, attributed to the, like the, the character or the, the actor himself. Yeah, yeah, really yeah. I mean it is. They really yeah.
0: liked Aaron Paul. and I think there's uh, like I mean, I, I think they play it up as a bigger thing than it really was. I think right. they might have ended up keeping him either way, but the original plot was to have right. him die it was to have him killed. Um, but the time let them do it. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, have you ever seen that video of him on Price is right? No, I, no I've, I've seen the picture, so but funny. I haven't seen it. Yeah, <laughs> he looks so sweet and innocent. <laughs> That's fun.
0: Um, another big thing that I thought was interesting uh, was what people were terming the death of the baby writer. Um,
1: oh, are yeah. you f- you familiar with this? Well, I think it's still a thing, but go ahead. I'm sure it is.
0: I think it kind of it came 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 back, but I think it, like stalled things out for a little mm-hmm. while. So effectively, the idea of a baby writer was uh, when like you have. Writer's assistants, or like very junior writers that are on yes. a show that gets canceled, um, like three episodes in, if there's a 13. 13- episode order and it still needs to be sent out to like foreign markets right those episodes still need to be written right uh and so the baby writer was effectively like oh well we're gonna let like these junior writers just write the rest of them because who gives a shit right exactly um and we'll move on to, to other things that we want to work on one of those baby writers famously is damon lindelof oh really We talked about earlier oh, wow. <laughs> so like he got his start through that method That's so crazy. like and and like if in case you didn't know there's no easy way for people like you know this but for our listeners that there's no like single track to become a writer There is yeah, just make connections and you write until someone likes your shit and so like this became a a good way for people to to get their stuff seen Mm -hmm. and, and to move out that way yeah but with the strike going on all of a sudden there were like more senior writers that were like i'll take a junior level pay and do a junior level thing mm-hmm. because I need money. Right. And so it effectively like wiped out that, that path. I'm,
1: oh man, that's so shitty.
0: Yeah. At least for like a good four to five years. I think yeah. I, I think,
1: think nowadays staff writers can't, th- usually if you get an episode, you get an episode fee. But if uh, staff writers don't get episode fees, like which is the lowest level of a staff writer, um, they don't get a fee to encourage the show to give them episodes, mm. so that they can move up because they'll get more credits when they have an episode in their name. Gotcha. So it's kind of like a double-edged sort of like you don't get paid, but you do get the notoriety.
0: Gotcha. That makes sense. And I mean, I, that's at the end of the. I mean, it's not great. You want to get paid, but right. like not you're great. trying to build your credit, so they you right. get paid more down the line. Um. So yeah, that that was kind of a thing where like they we lost sort of a class of writers because of this. That's interesting. Um, and then. Uh, And then another interesting thing was, like, what Late Night did. So, Late Night also originally went on strike. Um, Because they're part of the union. Right. But then ended up coming back. Like, most Late Night shows sort of came back without writers, Mm -hmm. quote-unquote. Because, as you mentioned earlier, there's so many people that go into these shows that are negatively affected by it. um, That they ended up being like, morally, I feel like these people need to get paid, right. so we're going to cross. Now, a lot of the segments, especially like Conan and stuff, like made most of their segments about the writer's strike. Mm-hmm. And like there were famous ones where it was like John Stewart and Stephen Colbert would like show up on Conan's show because <laughs> they're like, we don't have anything to do. <laughs> <laughs> and so like it, like great. Conan started a bit to see how long he could get his wedding ring to spin because <laughs> it was just like i mean there was a lot of funny stuff but just like they made a point of being like without writers we don't have material that you guys want to see right, so right. and so that was cool like right. you know it, i think it helped the american public understand
1: yeah i think it really like it, you know in the end i i'm sure people were like oh i had no idea that tv writers were so pivotal and yeah so important too yeah
0: and i think one of the there was also a big like I mean, you know, I I can't speak to it. I wasn't there, but like Jalen, I was like, I'm just gonna write my own monologue. And I was like, fuck you, dude. (laughs) Once again, Jalen, right. Um, so what it ultimately ended up happening was the Directors Guild, because they were also like in negotiations, mm-hmm. they ended up striking a deal first, which upset some of the writers because it was like, well, now yeah. this deal that you guys agreed to is sort of the template for what we're going to have to agree to. Yeah, it's
1: our precedent. Now. Yeah,
0: and so that is sort of what happened. Um, the strike ended up go- like they like as I mentioned earlier, they got some shares mm-hmm. in New Media, which is important. Yeah, they missed oh. out on the rest of the stuff. Right, and they're still well,
1: stri- like DVDs are gone. Right. Uh, I still don't understand the animation and reality television thing, but
0: yeah, I think it was just more so to like to try to increase their numbers by being like, we want to fold these into. Oh, I see. The guild. Gotcha. Okay. Um, but I think it was they like I was reading through some strike tactics, and it's like one of those things is like you put things in you don't really don't care about, so right. that you can make you know give way to it. I think that's probably one of them. Exactly. The thing they really cared about was new media. Um, ultimately the end results uh estimated that california lost uh 2.1 billion dollars during the strike and 40,000 jobs. Oh my god. Um, that like it hasn't been recovered yet. That's so, um wow. It took 5 to 6 years uh for uh the writer industry like the guild to reach pre-strike uh like money that was coming in and wow. employers or employees. Um and that's like that's kind of it. Like I mean they did
1: yeah, I wonder how many people, like, left the industry because of right. that. Yeah. Because I mean, the writer strike killed their career. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy.
0: Yeah. So, How much money? $2.1 billion. Billion with a B? Yeah. Damn. And it, that's, like, done by, like, the Merit Institute or whatever it's called. Like, a, like, non wow. that, like, studies that shit. So, it's like, because it seemed exaggerated to me. But it's, like, no, it's, mm, like, whatever. Yeah, you get a lot of money in that. Yeah. So, I mean, was it a... It was necessary, it feels like, to me, because those types of things have to happen. Yeah.
1: I think there's a lot of argument about how uh, unions are like, it's kind of like that idea of, and I, this is a controversial thought, but like that the HR at a company is not actually there for the employees. They're there for the company. company. And like the union is like, yeah, they're there for the writers, but also sometimes or like, they're there for the people, but also sometimes they're very out of touch and are just kind of like, yeah, but also like, we wouldn't exist. So you, you might not get everything, but at least you have us. I mean, that's true.
0: Uh, but I mean, one of the biggest challenges I think, and it's something that we're still facing too, is like, you know, if I think one of the reasons, not maybe not one of the reasons, but I'm not familiar. If you know any more about the like 2017 potential writer's strike, I'd uh-huh. be interested to know that. But like, I can see why they would not have done it because I imagine it would go worse. Yeah. Because now it's like, okay, well, television's kind of dying. It's not, but it is. And like, I can go on YouTube and watch content that, right? Like, and like, if I just need to have something on, I can yeah. just consume something.
1: And the writers had like all the writers today have gone through that process already. That's and true. They're like, yeah. No, I don't want to do that again. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. they all had agreed to strike. Yeah. If it I saw if that. it yeah, went yeah. down to it, they had agreed. Okay, we will strike if we don't reach a deal. But then the guild decided not to. Yeah. But like, yeah, that, I think everyone was just like, oh, I don't want this to happen. Yeah. But. Well, I, I didn't know uh, all of that. That's very cool. Yeah. Well, well done. The Baby
0: writer thing was really interesting to me. Yeah, like, I didn't realize by, that. Especially because they're like, it was
1: Damon Lindelof. But I referenced him in another anecdote. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's very cool. Um, my failure mm-hmm. is the Four Pests campaign. Cool. Um, it was a uh, campaign in uh, post-World War II China. Mm-hmm. Um Uh, And so in Let Me Begin, here we begin. Let's start. This is what I'm going to do for my fail. I don't know. I write my things as if I need to have an intro and then I do an intro for it. And then my first thing is an intro. So here's the intro. In the 1950s, after World War Two and China went through its communist revolution, Chairman Mao Zedong was putting the nation through the Great Leap Forward. For those of you that don't know, the Great Leap Forward was basically Roosevelt's New Deal. For those of you that okay. don't know what Roosevelt's New Deal I was, know that one. it was basically like uh, a, a, a movement to bring the nation forward into an industrialization movement. Socialism. Socialism, socialist projects, but basically like moving the entire nation forward from agrarian to like, you know, much more industrial. Mm-hmm. Um, the difference between the two is that one of those costs 30 million lives, the other one put America in the world market. Which one was it? Which? I was probably Roosevelt's. <laughs> okay. they, they put America in the world market. And, nice. And Mao's killed 30 million people. That's not fun. Uh, anyways, um, as a part of this mass industrialization, Mao uh, wanted to make a push to eradicate anything that would stop his nation from growing exponentially. Therefore, in 1958, China announced the Four Pests Campaign, an initiative to wipe out pests that were harmful to China's uh, agriculture and way of living. Okay. Namely, they were mosquitoes, fleas, rats, and sparrows. The thing that I find weird about that... Oh, go ahead.
0: No, you eat two years first, and I'll do mine.
1: The thing I find weird about that is like, mosquitoes, yeah, fleas, yeah, rats, of course, sparrows, Oh yeah, good point.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, my my thing was like that's not a very inspired naming of a campaign. The
1: four pets. Like campaign. how many
0: pets we got? Four. Cool. That's the name. Four pests. Let's go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I feel like every I mean, I could be horribly wrong because I don't know much about Chinese culture, but I feel like uh especially communist culture is is very like straightforward. Yeah. Maybe. That like yeah, I mean I it's also there. the New Deal, it's called the Great Leap Forward. It's yeah, very true. Um anyways. Um but yeah, I just don't understand like of things that are pests, I can think of many more before I would think of a bird. Like yeah. spiders, bees, flies, cockroaches. Sure. But, <laughs> so were those,
0: but are those pests uh, affecting crops?
1: That is eventually what put sparrows on the list. I mean, I would imagine, yeah. However, I don't think mosquitoes really affected crops. Oh, good But point. anyway... Um, so, uh, do, do, do. Uh, so the sparrow, which, like, in uh, in China, it was like kind of like a little finch, like a little, sure. like, like, Pidgey, like from Pokemon, just like kind of Great. a little, little bird. Sure. Uh, cute little guys. And, uh, but the problem is, uh, according to Chinese scientists at the time, one sparrow in particular, the Eurasian tree sparrow, again, just like a common city finch, um, uh, it was very fond of eating grain. A single sparrow would eat about 4.5 kilograms of grain a year, which is about 10 pounds. Um, not a lot for a single bird when you think about it. Yeah. But when there are so many, it basically came down to... Uh, the scientists gave Mao the information that for every million sparrows killed, it would feed 600,000 citizens. Yeah. With that information, it's hard to argue. Yeah, that's true. Um, Sounds like
0: the Great Emu War. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: back Another reason uh, that... Uh, that this is, I I found this kind of surprising because I feel like communism is kind of like akin to like especially at least in America it was uh, akin to like being a hippie, um, but uh, communism is not very uh, environmentalist, huh. especially Marxist communism which yeah. is what China was doing. Uh, Karl Marx is known to have said that the na- that nature should be fully exp- uh, exploited for human productivity, so when you add the mentality of authoritarian communism and anti, I guess
0: that's the difference is like authoritarian communism yes. versus like.
1: Com a commune right authoritarian (laughs) nationalism communism like it's all just for the nation go yeah yeah. um and with those scientific facts it seems like uh the crosshairs were going over our tiny little bird Mm. um and now when you think about the great emu war uh well at least towards the end of the great emu war where they put it towards the citizens Mm -hmm uh china does everything with the citizens so uh they called upon uh its entire population for the eradication of the bird men women children everyone for the motherland and they did it arguably in the cruelest way that you can imagine i am terrified about what you're about to say they exhausted the birds to death oh yeah they exhausted them like
0: made them really tired until they
1: died yep ah. <sighs> crowds of uh, people would that's uh go to horrible. parks trees anywhere they could find a spot a bird start waving flags banging pots and pans clanging cymbals scaring the birds off their perches or wherever they were uh literally flying until they were so exhausted they would fall to the ground I and feel be so killed. Bad. that's yeah. terrible there's videos of this and it is so uh-uh. it is it's just crazy that like there are just huge swarms of people with like gigantic flags and clanging pots and mm-hmm. birds just falling from the ground mm-hmm. or to the ground Um, And it was, like, institutional. It was not, like, a public, you know, outcry of, like, you know, pick up your dog shit. It was, like, everyone do this. Yeah. And at a girls' middle school, rifle team was instructed on how to shoot the birds. Uh, Soldiers would shoot them down. Kids would shoot them down with slingshots. It was everywhere.
0: Were they doing anything? Obviously, this is the sparrow one. Yes. Were there other, like, weird methods for the other other three pests?
1: The other ones, I think there were also this... The Ford Pest Campaign was eventually narrowed down into just killing the sparrow. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so, like, the other ones were still definitely there. Sure. To, like, uh, you know, but this was, like, institutional get uh-huh. rid of sparrows. Uh-huh. Wow. Okay. Um, nests were knocked out of trees. Eggs were smashed. Chicks were killed. In Shanghai, one newspaper estimated that at least, that almost uh, 200,000 birds were killed in a single day. Wow. It's just fucking crazy. <laughs> um, In the effort to kill the sparrows, it got so intense that birds attempted to seek political asylum at international embassies. Wait, what? Yep. (laughs) Birds attempted to? Birds would go to international embassies Uh where citizens were not allowed inside. And so they would go to the international embassies. And in one case, the the Polish embassy refused to let people inside to scare the birds away. And so as a result of that, uh, citizens surrounded the embassy with drums and played and banged on drums for two days straight. After two days, uh, the Polish embassy had to shovel out the dead birds. (sighs) There were so many. This is horrifying. It's just horrifying. It's horrifying. This is crazy. Yeah. Oh, also, uh, uh, special thanks to Kenny, my boyfriend, for (laughs) uh, telling me about this one, because I was just like, holy crap, this is crazy. (laughs) This is insane. Um, After two years of this campaign in 1960, something dawned upon those scientists and leaders in China fucking with a single piece of uh, an ecosystem can fuck uh, everything else up. Sure. So they learned that sparrows besides eating grain eat bugs. And so and, and also, bugs don't get tired. <laughs> not nearly as <laughs> mad, <laughs> fast as the birds do. And so when leaders noticed the disaster that uh, all the bugs were having on their crops, would order a full stop. On killing the birds, but the damage had already been done. Locust swarms had been devouring crops without anything to curb their population. The government actually had to fly in sparrows from, like, the Soviet Union. Wow. (laughs) They had to, like, bring them back Uh in now because their crops were just being completely wiped out. Um, in the end, Mao replaced sparrows with bedbugs on that list of the Four Pests campaign. Oh, okay. <laughs> you are going to be like, that's what they ultimately decided would be the best thing. So <laughs> they,
0: in, they brought in more bedbugs. Yeah. It's like, God, <laughs> China. What are
1: they um, doing? And it's uh, largely believed that on top of the general policies of communist China at the time, that the wiping out of the sparrow had a large hand in the massive famine that China went through between 1958 and 1961 that ended in, you know, killing about 30 million people Mm. wow don't fuck with animals (laughs) it's depressing just uh more on my series uh, of ways that people try to do stuff to animals that's true
0: that's yeah i I hate the like exhaustion method that's just like torture and like they're tiny little sparrows yeah like
1: it's so sad that's awful i i don't know why but i'm like i i I wouldn't feel as bad if it were rats or something, but like the birds were flying and then falling to the ground. Yeah. It was just, and there would be like, there would be children that just had strings of these birds, like all just all these dead birds and people would have all these, it's like, it was so, it it is crazy how, I mean, you could go into, you know, the history of China in general, but like the nationalism during the Mm -hmm. great leap (laughs) forward and how everyone just stepped in line and did. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that
0: would not happen here. Uh, which is not to say that America is like ha- doesn't have its own issues by all means. It's just like it if, if someone's like everybody go outside and chase birds around. Right, like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> we'll be like fuck off. I'm no. <laughs> gonna watch TV. Yeah. <laughs> I like, got um, the Spider-Man game. Americans we'll play hate Americans. Uh-huh. We wouldn't do anything. Right, our government right, right. tells us no matter what. Yeah. Uh, because,
1: uh, yeah. I was blown away by this. God, that's
0: yeah. Um, it makes me think of that South Park episode. Did you see that one where it's like uh, because in a way I think it's Japan like where uh they're doing um. Wailing, where it's like yeah 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 yeah. because because at the end of the day it's like oh yeah it's like we are like oh dolphins are great don't kill them but then like we kill all the cows and chickens and stuff so it's like really yeah it sucks that sparrows are cute and i don't want you to kill them but also like i guess in your culture they might actually be pests right exactly in india
1: cows you know stop traffic yeah (laughs) because no one wants to hurt them yeah
0: cultural differences man
1: it's crazy yeah also, I don't want to ever see The Cove, no matter what, that documentary about oh, I don't killing know. the dolphins. Oh, I haven't seen it. Oh, it's dark. Yeah. It's like, it's all about the, Japan's uh, killing of dolphins yeah. for meat and everything, and it is just like horrifying.
0: Yeah, I guess it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, I should probably expose myself to more of those things, but also like, I'm not going to do anything about it, if not I'm being honest. this day so. and age, there's yeah. too much shit already. Right, right. yeah. <laughs> I'm sad. I mean, I i read too much twitter like i'm depressed most of the time anyway (laughs) so
1: yeah uh well everyone thanks for uh tuning into our depressing uh, hopefully we depressed you yeah hopefully you go out there and uh, we told you that
0: striking for your principles will get you nothing and birds are dying everywhere
1: yeah exactly yay failures Greatest thing in the world. (laughs) Uh, If you have an idea for a failure, please email us at Ready, Set, Fail, Podcast at gmail.com. Or tweet at us at Ready, Set, Fail, Pod. Or go on to iTunes and then just put a little five stars next to us. And then write and give us a suggestion in the comments. Yeah of I mean, what we should do or how we failed at something or correct us. Yeah. Tell us how bad we uh, are Don't do this. that. I've, I get that. That's all I hear from people. <laughs> <laughs> it's like,
0: oh, well, see, actually, I loved the writer's strike, so yeah. I know everything <laughs> about it. I can't believe you got this thing wrong. Right, it's like, yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. no, <laughs> pretty sure I've said
1: many things wrong on yeah, this podcast. yeah. yeah. <laughs> But uh, uh, make sure to tune into that other podcast. I forget the name. Uh, mm-hmm. Podcast about our podcast. I think there's
0: another, I, from what I understand, there's a podcast coming out about the podcast about our podcast. Really? Yeah, I don't know. I, a, I,
1: I read the. We must just be that popular. <laughs> that must huh? be it. Uh-huh. Uh, special thanks to our friend, Clay, <laughs> who did nothing. Have a great week. Bye.